Hello and welcome to another edition of Play Me or Fade Me. And thank you for joining us as always. And that's a winner. Yes, you can make it back to back to back winning days on the podcast. Once again, not a beautiful night, not perfect, but it was still profitable. So let's recap the winning card for you. In college football, it was the FCS semifinals. I had South Dakota State minus the 20 and a half. And oh boy, we got to see the good Jackrabbits on Friday night, and we cashed that ticket with ease. College basketball handicap goes two and two. Should have probably gone one and three, but maybe it evens out for what happened the night before. St. Francis was down 25 points at halftime. They battle back. They lose by seven, and I get to cash the ticket by the half a point. I also cash on Texas A&M. Corpus Christi, they win outright as the three-and-a-half-point underdog. I lose on Fresno State, and I lose on Sam Houston, not once but twice. Oh, that one hurt. The Bearcats were up 10 at halftime, and the wheels of the bus came off in the second half. How about this, though? In the NBA, I have hit seven consecutive coin flips. The Pistons and the 76ers stay under the 234-and-a-half, And for those of you that follow this podcast, you know I'm superstitious. I never get past the number seven. So today in the NBA, I'll be going for eight consecutive wins. So I would advise to fade that play. NHL on the frozen pond. I had the Ducks and the Rangers over the six. And I get a last second goal there to push the bet. Always nice to have that happen. Helps me have a winning day. Three straight winning days. And now we go for number four. So it is a mega card today, FCS football, college bowl games, NFL, college basketball, and my coin flips. So buckle up. Here we go. I have not given a two-unit play, I don't think, in, what, 10, 11 months? I think the last time I did a two-unit play in the podcast was the national championship game where I had Georgia over TCU. But today, I have a two-unit play in the FCS. It's the semifinal. I'm on Montana, minus the two over North Dakota State. So on Sunday, local reporter Logan Campbell rocked the football world in Fargo, announcing that head coach Matt Entz had accepted another job. We later found out he'd be coaching the linebackers for USC next season. So NDSU has been down this path before, but when Craig Bowl left for Wyoming and Chris Kleiman went to Kansas State, their internal replacement was in place prior to the next game. Not this time. Everything is in limbo, plus the local media is reporting that multiple players now have six-digit NIL offers waiting for them to make a decision on their future. So internal distractions for the players and coaching staff have never been higher entering a big game. Add in the fact, unlike 2013 and 2018, North Dakota State is not the heavy favorite this time around. Montana's a really good football team. They're at home. And they have a really good coach in Bobby Houck. He won big at Montana before he went to UNLV. And now he's winning big at Montana after the UNLV job. My heart wants to back the Bison. But as a gambler, I just can't pass up the Grizzlies today. I'm on Montana for two units minus the two over North Dakota State. Next up, we go to the bowl games. And let's open with this. If the Sun Belt has a bad day, I'm on vacation tomorrow. The Sun Belt was the seventh best conference in college football this year. All but two teams actually won six football games. Sun Belt East was actually tougher than the Mountain West and the American Conference this year. So the Sun Belt is my new SEC. 
I'm going to bet on all of them. For a measuring stick, Conference USA was the 10th best conference. The MAC was the 11th best conference. But let's start at the Myrtle Beach Bowl. It's Georgia Southern, minus the two and a half over Ohio. So Ohio has a ton of opt-outs on offense, but their D is mostly good to go. I strongly consider the under in this game. Georgia Southern actually lost their final four games of the season, but they play in the Sun Belt. Ohio does not. So give me Georgia Southern, minus the two and a half over Ohio. Next up, we go to the New Orleans Bowl. It's Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, plus the two and a half over Jacksonville State. So the rosters are mostly intact. This should be a good football game. It's the first ever bowl game for the Gamecocks, so they'll likely be fired up early. Jacksonville State is tough against the run, so the Raging Cajuns will need to be effective in the air. I wish I would have been able to get three on this game. It was out there. It slipped away from me. The computer numbers, though, they actually favor Louisiana. So I'm going to grab the two and a half on the Raging Cajuns. Since they play in the Sunbelt Conference, I'm on Louisiana plus the two and a half over Jacksonville State. Next up on the card, it's the New Mexico Cure Bowl. It's Appalachian State minus the six and a half against Miami of Ohio. So the total in this game needs to be circled. It's dropped from 48 to 41 and a half. The Redhawks have a great defense. They've been good against explosive offenses this year. App State, meanwhile, struggled against Troy in the Sunbelt Championship. But Miami of Ohio is starting a third-string quarterback. I don't like to overreact to things, but I do with quarterbacks. So I'm going to lay the six and a half, since the Mountaineers also play in the Sun Belt. Give me the Mountaineers of Appalachian State, minus the six and a half over Miami of Ohio. Next up on the card, well, no Sun Belt team here. It's the New Mexico Bowl. It's New Mexico State, minus the three and a half, against Fresno State. So the Aggies have a ton of opt-outs like many other teams, but according to Jerry Kill, their quarterback will be back here on Saturday. They had won eight consecutive games before losing to Liberty in the conference title game, and that game was tied at 35 in the fourth quarter. Aggie fans should make the trip to all Albuquerque. They'll be there in mass. This has been a special season. I expect Jerry Kill to get that 11th win for the first time since 2007 at Southern Illinois. So give me the Aggies of New Mexico State, minus the three and a half over Fresno State. Next up on the card, it's the L.A. Bowl. It's Boise State and UCLA. I'm going to bet the first half under 23 and a half. So I was on Boise State all week, but the money's just flying in on UCLA right now. So I'm a little scared. I was okay with Boise State having a third string quarterback since UCLA was down a ton of talent in this game. That should also help Boise State be effective on the ground. But call me a chicken. With so many backups on offense, I'm just going to play. When in doubt, bet the first half under. I'm on the first half under 23 and a half between the Broncos and the Bruins. Next up on the card, it's the Independence Bowl. And I'm on Texas Tech, minus the three and a half over Cal. So you got opt-outs, you got injuries. I feel like most people are either on Cal and or the under in this game. I almost joined him. I almost did it. I might regret it when it's all said and done. But when I look back at the Cal defensive numbers, I just can't do it. The starters gave up 59 points to Washington, 52 points to Oregon State, 50 points to USC, 63 points to Oregon, and 39 points to Washington State. I know the Pac-12's good at offense, but still, those are a ton of points. 
and Texas Tech. We got a lot of backups at key positions, especially quarterback, wide receiver. I get it, but I just can't do it. I can't bet the under. I can't bet Cal. So give me the Red Raiders of Texas Tech minus the three and a half over Cal. Independence Bowl, that's actually one of my favorite bowl games because for 25 years, Golden Gopher football was terrible. Then Lou Holtz led my Gophers to a winning record in 84. He then took the Notre Dame job before coaching in this bowl game. But Minnesota beat Clemson in this bowl game 20-13. to I kind of felt like they won the Super Bowl that night, so I've always loved that Independence Bowl. But that's it for college football. Bowl games are done. So now we go to the National Football League. Here we go. It feels like a playoff weekend. We have five 7-6 teams in action today fighting for their playoff lives. Game number one. Oh, boy. Here we go. It's Cincinnati minus the three against Minnesota. So I'm not going to let my heart get in this the way this time around. Somebody forgot to tell the Bengals that their season was over. The Vikings defense had one heck of an effort last week at Las Vegas. But home field and the better quarterback belonged to the Bengals here on Saturday. So I'm going to lay the three with Cincinnati at home over Minnesota. Next up on the card, it's the Indianapolis Colts minus the one and a half against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So after four straight wins, the Colts got crushed last week at Cincinnati. Good bounce back spot today, though, at home. I faded the Steelers the last couple weeks and cashed. So let's do it again. I'll take Minshew over Trubisky for one unit. Yes, some of the Colts minus the one and a half over the Steelers. Next up on the card, it's the nightcap. It's the Detroit Lions minus the four and a half against the Denver Broncos. So a little scary here. I'm backing all three favorites in the NFL. The Lions' last five games really scare me. They beat the Chargers late by three. They rallied late to beat the Bears by five at home. They lost to the Packers at home. They won by only five at New Orleans, and then they lost by 15 at Chicago last week. Well, that doesn't sound the best. They also have games on the road at Minnesota and Dallas on deck these next two weeks. So Detroit could be 9-7 and seven before they know it if they lose this game. The Broncos have won 6-7. of seven. I believe in Santa, but I do not believe in the Denver Broncos. So give me Detroit minus the 4.5. I think they actually put together a statement game to remind us all that they could be a factor in January. Once again, I'm on the Motor City Kitties of Detroit. Minus the four and a half against Denver. Next up on the card, three prop bets here for you. We start in the Minnesota-Cincinnati game. It's Jordan Addison over the 38 and a half yards receiving at Cincinnati. So I was wrong last week. I loved Addison, and he fell short with three targets, two catches, and 27 yards against the Raiders. Prior to that, he had gone over this number in six consecutive games, Once again, he also had 61, 72, 52, and 64 with Justin Jefferson on the field early in the season. So J.J. being there, I don't think hurts him that bad. Mullins found Addison for the big play on the only scoring drive last week. Let's actually use this talented rookie the entire game this week. It's never a bad thing that the Bengals also rank 27th against the pass, giving up 252 yards. So let's go Jordan Addison over the 38 and a half yards receiving for the purple. Next up on the card, it's Josh Downs over 43 and a half yards receiving against Pittsburgh. 
So Downs has actually gone under this number in five straight games, including the last three weeks, with Minshew throwing 41, 42, and 39 passes. A little head-scratching there. Downs had targets of 13, 5, and 3 in those games, with 11 total receptions, but once again, not enough to get the over on the yardage side. The Steelers ranked 21st against the pass. I have a gut feeling that Downs will finally get a big chunk play in this game and go over the number. So I'm on Josh Downs over the 43 and a half yards receiving today for Indianapolis. Next up at wide receiver, it's Amon Ron St. Brown over the 72 and a half yards receiving against Denver. So the Broncos ranked 24th against the pass. I agree with yesterday's guest that Goff will toss some touchdowns in this game. So I'm laying the points with the Lions as well. I think St. Brown will be a major factor after back-to-back disappointing weeks. He had three catches for 21 yards against the Bears last week, two catches for 49 yards the week prior at New Orleans. It's bounce-back time. So give me St. Brown over the 72 and a half yards receiving for the Lions. So those are my three prop bets here for Saturday. First quarter unders in the NFL. I don't like them, but I bet them. I'm with the Vikings, the Bengals under the 7.5 at a minus 135. Steelers, Colts under the 7.5 at a minus 122. Broncos, Lions under the 9.5 at a minus 112. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Next up on the card, we go to college basketball. I'm going to call it neutral site Saturday. Actually, I had to change my card several times based on the location of these games. We start with a game in Indianapolis. It's Purdue plus the one against Arizona. It's not a bad matchup here. Number one against number three. I'm still guessing Purdue fans will make up, what, about 90% of the crowd here. Arizona won at Duke this season. They beat Michigan State, and then they crushed Wisconsin last out 98-73. to After this, the Wildcats will actually play Alabama and Florida Atlantic. So thank you, Arizona, as a college basketball fan. I love your non-conference schedule this year. Purdue, on the other hand, they're 9-1 and on the season. They lost their annual game at Northwestern in overtime. They do have wins over Xavier, Gonzaga, Tennessee, Marquette, and Alabama. Last out 92-86. Purdue has proven to me that they can beat any style and any tempo. So I'm going to take the plus one in their home state. Give me the Boilermakers of Purdue plus the one over Arizona. Next up on the card, we head to Phoenix, Arizona. It's St. Mary's minus the five and a half against UNLV. So the Runner Rebels enter this one with a ton of confidence, fresh off their big 15-point upset win against the Blue Jays of Creighton. UNLV went 10 of 22 from beyond the arc in that game. Creighton just went 8 of 29. So that's definitely not what I expected to see. UNLV is 4-4 four and four on the season, losses to Southern, Florida State, Richmond, and Loyola Marymount. St. Mary's was a sleeper Final Four team for me entering the season, but they're just 5-5 five and five on the year with losses to Weber State, San Diego State, Xavier, Utah, and Boise State. 
last out, they pulled off the big upset win at Colorado State. Plus, they do have a 14-point win over New Mexico this season. The Gales have played the 16th-ranked schedule in the country. UNLV, the 103rd-ranked schedule. St. Mary's expects to win. UNLV is much more likely to have the letdown off the big win. I think the Gales separate early in this one and coast to a double-digit win. So give me St. Mary's minus the 5.5 over UNLV in Phoenix. Next up, we stay in Phoenix. It's UC Santa Barbara plus the 2.5 against Loyola Marymount. So the Gauchos of UC Santa Barbara are 5-3 and three on the year. Their losses have been to Portland State, UTEP, and New Mexico. The 23-point loss at the Lobo stung, but hopefully that experience will help tonight. Santa Barbara has one of the best mid-major players in the country, A.J. Mitchell, who's averaging 21.2 points per game, and he did miss their first two losses of the season. The Gauchos actually have five players averaging in double digits, They score 83.1 points per game as a team, and they shoot 52.7% from the floor. I like teams that can shoot, and the Gauchos are one of those. Meanwhile, the Lions of Lyle Marymount, they're 6-4 on the year. Losses have been to Yale, Stephen F. Austin, Oakland, and Nevada. They do have good wins over UTEP and UNLV. Offensively, though, they're not as good. They average 77.7 points per game and they only shoot 44.7% from the floor. I think the wrong team is favored in my book, so give me the Gauchos on the neutral floor with the best player on the court, UC Santa Barbara, plus the 2.5 over Loyola Marymount. Next up on the card, it's Fordham, plus the 14.5 at St. John's. So it's the Battle of New York City at the Garden instead of Carnesec Arena this time around. So I kicked myself on Sunday after Fordham upset North Texas as a five-and-a-half-point underdog. I'm not going to leave him off the card today, I said. The Rams are on the rise, preseason number seven in the Atlantic 10, five-and-five on the year, losses to Cornell, Abilene Christian, Kent State, Tulane, and NG or NJIT. So that's the loss that kind of killed the resume. They do play good defense. The shooting concerns me a bit at 41.9% from the floor. Meanwhile, Rick Pitino has the Red Storm at 6-3. and three. The Johnnies have lost to Michigan, Dayton, and Boston College this year. They did beat North Texas by one. They beat Utah by nine, and they won at West Virginia by six. They have five players averaging in double digits. The team averages 80.3 points per game. They shoot 44.8% from the floor, but 14.5 is a big number at the Garden. The last four wins, though, for St. John's over Fordham, have been by an average of 27.25 points. But Fordham also went through a stretch where they won just 45 games over a five-year period. Last year, they won 25. I expect this one to be within reach at the under-eight timeout. So I'm going to grab the 14-and-a-half with the Rams of Fordham on the road at St. John's. Next up on the card for you, I'm almost to the end here. It's the NBA coin flip as I go for eight consecutive wins tonight. So I selected my hometown team. It's the Minnesota Timberwolves hosting the Indiana Pacers. Total on this one is 244. Heads it is. I'm on the over 244 between the Pacers and the Timberwolves. Then on the frozen pond, it's the Colorado Avalanche at the Winnipeg Jets. Total of six here. Tails it is. So I'm on the under six between the Avalanche and the Jets. So let's recap the mega card for Saturday. 
Once again, a rare two-unit play for me. I'm on Montana. The Grizzlies in the FCS minus the two over North Dakota State. The bowl games. I'm on Georgia Southern minus the two and a half against Ohio. I'm on Louisiana plus the two and a half against Jacksonville State. I'm on Appalachian State minus the six and a half against Miami of Ohio. I'm on New Mexico State minus the three and a half over Fresno State. I'm on Boise State and UCLA first half under the 23 and a half. I'm on Texas Tech minus the three and a half against Cal National Football League. I'm on the Bengals of Cincinnati minus the three over Minnesota. I'm on Indianapolis minus the one and a half over Pittsburgh. I'm on Detroit minus the four and a half against Denver. Prop bets here. I'm on Jordan Addison over the 38 and a half yards receiving for the Vikings. I'm on Josh Downs over the 43 and a half yards receiving for Indianapolis. I'm on St. Brown over the 72 and a half yards receiving for the Lions. College basketball, Purdue plus the one over Arizona. I'm on St. Mary's minus the five and a half against UNLV. I'm on UC Santa Barbara plus the two and a half against Loyola Marymount. I'm on Fordham plus the 14 and a half at St. John's. NBA coin flip. Pacers, Timberwolves over the 244, NHL, Avalanche, and Jets under the six. So I hope we all enjoy the games on Saturday. Once again, I need to say, go Sun Belt, get me some wins in college football. And as always, everyone, manage that bankroll. Don't chase money. Have fun, and let's cash some tickets together. Good luck, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.